Hello, and welcome back to From the Heart Catholic Podcast, the official podcast for the Diocese of Salina. This is Jeff Andrews, Bill Mayer, Father Jared Conradi, and we are the Three Bald Guys. This show is all about evangelization, education, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. And we're back. This is episode six of season three of Three Bald Guys. Father Jarrett, can you please open us with a prayer? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I was thinking we're really stretched across the diocese today. So always, as always, joined by Bill Mayer, resides in Hayes, Kansas. Father Jared Conradi resides in Beloit. I live here in Salina. We got Luke Freeze, who is from Hoxie. Lup in uh he's in Beloit right now for his pastoral year, but we've got basically every corner. Not every corner, because I know somebody from Hanover is going to say, what about me? You know, and somebody from <laughs> Greenleaf, what about me? Or someone from Selden, what about us? But hey, we're trying to cover what we can. So we appreciate everybody listening. And uh, as we approach Halloween season, real quick, guys, Luke, I'm going to start with you. So be thinking on this one. This is your second episode as a guest. So you should be a seasoned vet at this by now. Mm. When you went trick-or-treating as a kid... What Halloween candy did you not want any of your siblings to touch? Like, it was yours, you're not trading. What's your go-to? I think I was I was always a big fan of, uh, like, anything, like, those super sugary gummy deals. So, like, I don't know, like... Uh, like peach rings and all yeah, those pe- things? Yeah, peach rings. Um, that was always, yeah, peach rings or the, the watermelon wing rings or the... Uh, watermelon Rings, wings, yeah. wings. <laughs> yeah. Did they, have, did they have those in little little bags, little packets? Yeah, I think I've so. Never, There's the gummy things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Father Jarrett, what's your go-to Halloween candy? Well, I was thinking because uh, I mean, obviously, I like all the little mini bars, like the classics, uh, Reese's and such. But I've always liked the Sixlets. Oh, that was gonna be no mine. Way. Yes, that no was way. gonna be mine. That's yeah, hilarious. I, I so they had six-lets. those. Those little packages, and you just pop open one end, yeah, and you can take them one, <laughs> one yep. at a time, or pop the whole thing in there. Yeah, Sixlets, it's it's a unique uh, candy experience. It, so. It's like a, a poor man's M&M. Like, they couldn't quite get the shape right, but I mean, it's a candy-coated chocolate, but yeah, you know, I'm going to go get some Sixlets, Sixlets after this. <laughs> I don't know that I've had them since I was a kid. Oh, really? So yeah. I've, huh. Bill, I got another one since you took mine, but Bill, which... I I always liked, I had to look it up what it was, but uh, I always liked, I think they're called sugar daddies. Uh, They're just basically like caramel on a stick. Uh, Every dentist in the world... I know, that's what my mother was always convinced. She wanted to throw them away, but I I always would sneak them out or whatever, but uh, she was convinced that I would break a tooth or something. And I don't know what it was about them, but I, I like caramel. So Are those, was, aren't those like milk duds without the chocolate on them? Yes. Basically. Yeah. Is that really what that is? I, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of the same yeah stuff? I think I, they were going to call them trash, and then they decided to change <laughs> the name to <laughs> something uh, but else. But it's okay. So I, I, I like uh, Sugar Daddy. Huh. Mine, like I said, mine was going to be six. It's really weird as I say that. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, 
my my other go to are like junior mints. Like if I can get like, but Halloween then sometimes they've been melted and they're stuck on the outside of the box or like stuck to the inside of the box and smashed. But I still just open the whole box up and then scoop them out and eat it. So it's also my favorite movie theater candy is a junior mint. It's, so it's funny. There's certain candies that in my mind like. I'm like, oh, I'll crave it, especially if it's been a long time since I've had it. So like a, a peppermint patty would be one of those, like where They're I see one. They're in my bag right now. And I'll eat it, and then I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good for another couple of years. Give me a decade till I have another yeah. one of those and things. And then another one like that is candy corns. Like every oh, year. Trash. I'll... <laughs> trash. I was thinking dots was that thing that I was like, oh, man, dots are... And then I'm always like, oh, man, oh, why did I eat those? That's those are thing. like the licorice thing or whatever? Well, they're not... I don't think they're licorice. No, they they're what flavors. pop out your molars. <laughs> they are just like a chewy little Yeah, thing. like a chewy little drop. Of, and then you're always like, oh, this is going to be great. And they're like, nah, I'm yeah, good. That's Speaking of other candy, it's probably not great for our... I guess no candy is really great for our health and our teeth and all that. But I uh, passed out Tootsie Rolls this weekend for uh, Knights oh, of Columbus. Nice. Mateo, sorry I'm dating us, but uh, <laughs> passed out some Tootsie Rolls. And I always felt bad. Like One guy would be like, hey, to- I'm in front of Sam's. And I'd be like, Tootsie Roll while you shop? You know, and if they give a donation, great. If they don't, hey, you know, we're raising awareness for Knights of Columbus. And actually had a guy drop a $100 bill in it. Uh, wow, one of the first awesome. people. But uh, s- multiple people, like not just one, a few people were like, no, I can't. I'm diabetic. And just looked at me and walked off. And I'm like, who shares their health history with the random guy with the yellow? And I'm like, man, these people either really hate me or really hate Tootsie Rolls if they're willing to share their health history with me. You're so, so insen- you're so insensitive. Yeah, I guess so. I just move on. They were just, yeah. Everyone, everyone. What I try to do is I just toss it. And I'm like, hey, have a Tootsie Roll while you shop and toss it so they can't say no. Once it's in the air, you have to commit to catching it. So <laughs> I just let it bounce off. Yeah, it was fun, around. though. So, all right, guys, uh, let's go uh, start with topic one giver or robber of energy. All right, what is robbing or giving you energy, Bill? Since you probably have a robber, we're going to start with you. Yeah, it's Halloween time. I'm going with a robber today. Uh, the thing that's robbing my energy is people who uh, don't go check kind of the sources and they hear something. And so a good example would be Pope Francis said something a few weeks back, uh, and everybody on the secular media went and ran and did this whole thing. And, and everybody just assumes automatically that bad stuff is happening and this is going on. And then nobody goes back to actually read what was actually said and what was taken out of context. And, and this happens all over the place with stuff. And, and you know, uh, it's amazing how fast people are ready to just, you know, get the pitchforks out and go take care of something before they actually read that. And so that, that's kind of robbing my energy right now. So That stuff drives me nuts too. People will share a video like, oh, Check out this that's going on in Israel. What and then the video though you find out was something from seven years ago yeah, of yeah. an event, you yeah. know? Yeah, I saw something and again, uh this was a few weeks back, but when the Israel conflict started, Twitter had this or X or whatever it's called had this major thing where there was a whole march going down Chicago. And then it turns out that was three years ago. But everybody got fired up really quickly and, and you know, I think it's bad for society to be moved that fast without thinking. I think that that leads us to a lot of troubles, but especially in the church, you almost got to assume if a secular place is saying something that the church is changing or the Pope said something, you almost always have to have that with a little bit of, of, you know, an understanding that there's probably something they're taking out of context. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah. Father Jarrett, what's giving you energy or robbing it? Uh, I'm going to do a combo, I guess. Uh, I don't usually do the robber, so I got to do. I got to 
lead it off with. Oh a, gosh, you're a also going to probably have seven books for us to read later <laughs> in our Let's Grow section. Uh, that is definitely not me. Uh, that would be Bill. Um, so just being the administrator of a school comes with it a lot of. Uh, so we have pre-K through 12 up in, up in uh, Beloit. Be careful and, how you word this. Your superintendent is sitting across <laughs> from you. <No. laughs> and I'm robbed of energy because I feel no support from the diocese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's taken out of context. <laughs> That's right. You want to fact check that? Fact that check that. <laughs> so, no, that is not what I was going to say. Um, it, it, so it's a giver of energy because, I mean, any given day, I have the opportunity to walk over to the grade school, walk over to the high school and walk the halls and the kids just, I mean, it's, you know, it's phenomenal. Like I was just talking about, well, I've shouted out some of the students in the past when like I walk in and they're just super excited to see me. And and so that's just always a giver. Like anytime I'm having a bad day, I can just go to the, see the kids and they're, and they're, uh, fired up and it's exciting. Um, but then the other side is always something that weighs as well that in a singular parish with a pre-K through 12 school, that financials are always a question mark. And so this, this year in particular with some of the things going on, just, uh, finding myself weighed down and, and being robbed of energy with thinking about and being concerned about and allowing myself to be anxious about some of the, the financial questions that are still up in the air. Um, and so, that's definitely been something as of lately that's uh, robbing energy. So, Jeff, do you have some uh, some remedy for yeah, me? Yeah, possibly. If this, uh, <laughs> I mean, some people call them vouchers or the education savings account stuff. But, you know, in the next election cycle, we could see this. The House and the Senate did pass it, and it was vetoed by the governor, and there wasn't enough override power there in Congress. But uh, we could we could possibly see, you know, around $5,000 given to even each private school uh, per pupil to help with their school choice stuff. So um, that wouldn't solve every problem, but it'd be it'd be a nice start. You yeah. know, um, for listeners who don't know, I mean, schools cost a lot of money, you know, and that's why public schools, they have a, a whole lot more things than our Catholic schools have. I mean, better, um, probably a more up-to-date building, um, you know, better buses, and they can pay their teachers more. And so it's it's a whole lot of work to, um, to try to run a private school. It's just, it's tough. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, let's uh, pray for that. Yeah, I will say though, when I visited your school last week, there were third graders playing kickball outside, and I was doing an actual like classroom observation, watching how they're interacting. And someone got out, and she's running back, and her line of teammates who are waiting up to kick are saying like, "Hey, good job! You'll do better next time. Keep it up. That was a good kick." Like, not a single like negative comment about the girl getting out. Like, and I was like, "That is the nicest group of kids I've ever heard." So That's cool. Yeah. I think Mr. Mick was pretty proud of him. So, Luke, what's Robin or giving you energy? Um, so, I think one thing that uh, gives me energy is um, when I when I'm consistent with my with my kind of my, my daily expectations as far as prayer and and reading. So, something I'm trying to do this year is is read three chapters of the Bible each day and then two pages of catechism. One of one of my teachers this summer talked about how for probably the past. I, I've guessed 30, 40 years that he's been a theology professor. Every single day, he's reading two pages of the catechism just just continuously. And he has the catechism just pretty much backwards and forwards um, committed to memory. It's very impressive. And so I, I just have kind of taken it upon myself to try to uh, do, do something small like that, um, where hopefully, you know, af- after years and years of immersing myself in the scriptures and catechism, um, I can... I can just come to 
just just know it like he does in in a sense. Um, but of course, the key is to be committed to that, and it, it takes a little takes a little effort. I'm not not I'm not batting on not batting a thousand right now, but <laughs> be, be committed and stay consistent, and <laughs> yeah. make it a habit, and that yeah, that is hard. So commend you for that. That's pretty awesome, Luke. Uh, mine could probably be a whole episode, so maybe maybe Matei and I will schedule a podcast for something this next time. But what's giving me energy is a uh, a pilgrimage to Italy that I'm planning in May and June of 2025. We'll fly out of Denver. Going to take hopefully about 30 students from the diocese uh, that will go. It'll be open to seniors, or it'll be open to the class of 2026 and 2027. So we're going to do a 10 day uh, trip to Italy. Uh, it's the Jubilee year during that time, so it's it's. There's going to be a lot in store. It's going to be a great time. So students from the class of 26 and 27 will have a few teachers or principals from the diocese join us. And then, you know, hopefully some parents go as well. But looking to take 30 or 40, we'll fly out of Denver and uh, be gone for, you know, 10 days. And I cannot wait. I've taken a trip to Italy with a basketball team before and to London with a basketball team. So I just think world travel can really expand uh, expand our minds and and get us to each grow. So be more information coming out on that here later. So um, leads us to our next topic. All right. It's time for our billion dollar question. It's time for the billion dollar question. All right. Continuing down the Beatitude series. Uh, we're on Beatitude number six. And uh, today we're talking blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. And uh, we'll let Father Jarrett, who's staring intently at it, uh, we'll let him start. Uh, oh, okay. Um, so this, this is always one that I guess maybe, I don't know, puzzled me because we don't often use these words or we use these words in so many different ways, probably pure. So I think sometimes we think of, we think of like, like one of the realities of purity is oftentimes in the realm of, of sexual ethic and morality. Um, which I don't necessarily think that this is what this particular uh, beatitude is speaking to. Um, it would be pure, as my at least in my understanding, pure in the sense of singular, or focused, or unadulterated, or un, un, undistracted. Um, so a pure heart is one that does not allow itself to be encumbered by the weight of the things of this world. Um, or distracted by the things of this world, but to be purely focused on God. In other words, that that is number that is priority number one. That is our number one focus, and all things fall underneath that umbrella of our relationship with God. And so, a pure heart is one that is first and foremost devoted to God, and therefore, one of the results of that is vision of God. Uh, faith in God, ability to, to perceive how God works and acts in our lives. Um, and that's always an interesting thing is when people will come to me and ask, you know, well, Father, I'm, I feel like God is distant or God is, um, God is not, doesn't speak to me. I've not, I've not felt God in my prayer. And I think that sometimes is part of the question is, okay, what other what other stuff is weighing down your schedule is taking your priority is taking your your focus and is there some element of of are you actually seeking him or are you just expecting him to show up um, because we have to do our part in 
seeking God in order to be able to see him. And I think that's, at least in my understanding, that's what this beatitude is speaking to. So, yeah. that's One of the ways that uh, I've heard it described is it, it's right there with the commandment of uh, one God, the only God, is mm-hmm. that it's right there with that, and that those who are focused and only have one God in their life, the natural side of that is you will see God because that's your focus. Um, and, and so I think that's a great way to put that. Um, I also think there's a purity side of it that we could talk about, though. Um, people who aren't caught in the negativity of the world, aren't caught in language, aren't caught in pornography, aren't caught in gossip, um, they're much more likely to see God in this world and in other people as well, and then also eternally because they're not stuck in all the mess, that sort of stuff. And so you know, one of our biggest struggles is being able to see God in other people and, and I think those that are pure of th- thoughts and mind and stuff are much more likely to be able to see God present in someone else, yeah. um, which is a struggle we have right now. That's a really good point. That's probably one of the largest ways that it plays itself out, or at least, well, it's for men and women. I was going to say for men in particular, but the reality of that tendency to be drawn into the externals and one of the greatest distractions is to, be, is to perceive people as... as external, uh, either personalities or bodies and being caught into assessing them or judging them or being distracted by them, uh, by their externals. And to be able to see purely is to see an immortal soul that we actually first and foremost, before we see a personality, before we see a collection of body parts is actually to see an immortal soul. I remember, um, hearing a talk on that topic specifically in reference to men who were struggling with um, lust and temptation and pornography is to strive to get past that external to see the depth that do you see when you look upon this woman uh, an immortal soul like that can be affected and is is being affected by by the actions and activities of her life um, and can you actually strive to get past that tendency to use to actually see uh, the way that you can, <clears throat> yeah, perceive a deeper reality that we believe and profess to be the case. So, one thing I'm reminded of when I see that when I see blessed are the pure of heart is like, do we always put God first? When I mean, you always put God first all the time, then it will help you be pure in your heart, no matter what. Like you know, see God in others um, when you see Him, whether it's the person who's sitting on the curbside with a car full of stuff in front of Target that hasn't moved in four days, because that's what's in my mind right now. You know, when I see that person, am I being non-judgment, non-judgmental? Am I doing what I can to help that person? And uh, I think we all have a lot of work that we can do on, you know, the, the pureness of our heart. So, Very cool. Bill, anything else? No, I don't think so. Uh, all right, let's move on to topic number three, Saints Among Us. Let's talk Let's about talk the saints, about saints among, among us. Who did you see or encounter this week that was living out God's call for each of us to live? Let's go with Jeff first. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm good to go. Mine would be Bob DeAndre. Bob worked for the diocese for many years. He retired from schools out on the East Coast, and he met Dr. Compagnon and moved to Salina after he retired from public schools. And uh, he's been an IT guy for St. Mary's Sacred Heart for probably 15 or 16 years, and Retired a couple years ago and very for a very small fee, kind of helps us still out with a lot of our power school stuff and IT behind the scenes. And he's just been, oh man, 
a definite saying among us, especially for me when it comes to different state reporting and stuff that our school secretaries and our principals have to deal with, with what gets uploaded as far as student data goes uh, for what he can do behind the scenes. And I think sometimes we can take people like that for granted that do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And it weren't if it weren't for him and a few others that are able to help teach us what we're supposed to do on the back end with that technology, we'd be lost. And, you know, the way technology takes over a lot of things, sometimes too much, we have to have those people who can help guide us in the right direction. So for that, Bob, thank you so much for all that you do. Very good. Luke, your turn. I'm really mixing up the order here. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so typically, um, Father Jarrett, his day off is Tuesday, so I take Tuesday off as well. Um, and I've, been, I've had a lot of really cool opportunities on my pastoral year in Beloit to explore the area a little bit. Um, but this last week, uh, Father Peter O'Donnell actually invited me to come down and uh, get lunch with him and show me around his parish a little bit. I was able to visit his, his school, uh, St. Andrew's School over in Abilene. Um, and so I think just the, the kind of the, the phrase that came to mind while I was visiting Father Peter was the, the word um, priestly fatherhood. Uh, he really seemed to embrace that mission, and that's been kind of my idea of what priesthood ultimately is. Um, that came to me uh, in the seminary when I was reading an article by a fellow seminarian who said that they 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 saw priesthood as being fatherhood, and that's really stuck with me, and has been something I've desired to grow in. And so, seeing him live out live that out was inspirational for me, and um, something I desire to continue to develop in my own life. Cool. Did he take you for a spin in his uh, pickup with the flames on it? No, we didn't Didn't. Uh, didn't get it spin around with the, the Holy Spirit pickup. But, yeah. What uh, about the <laughs> unicycle? <laughs> no unicycle. We did We did go play some Foursquare uh, with the with maybe like the fourth or fifth graders. and uh, I heard, I've heard he's quite the ping pong expert too. Yeah. Oh, like, I yeah, didn't know that. When it comes to it. So. Well, also pickleball. He's play, he plays pickleball? Yeah, he plays pickleball. Uh, he's I didn't know got that. those long arms. I mean, yeah. yeah. Are you a pickleball guy? Paul? I am. Yeah. I've talked about it on here before. Oh, yeah, we right? have talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's old. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe oh. that needs to be a St. John's uh, uh, oh, that's auction a item. Oh. Pickleball, with, pickleball with father. You and seriously and, think people would pay for that? Well, I mean, you're buying a guaranteed win. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not like, what if they, they'd probably pay for a day to go to Chicken and Pickle with you in Wichita? Oh, and maybe you go, go to Mass at one of the, yeah, I don't know. Okay. How, how about if uh, Father Peter challenged you and they had like oh. a, you guys had like like a big big festivity in the St. John's gym. Ooh, I'm all about setting it. Setting the court up. Bring it, bring it, Father. A good idea just got formed. <laughs> Man, right that could be awesome. I don't know. We I thought think... a great idea was watching you and Father Andy play ping though too. <laughs> <laughs> that ended up being terrible. That flopped. Yeah. Drastically. Okay. I'm going to go next. Uh, so I've just been mindful recently. Um, my my parents are, are getting up there in age and just have other things coming up as far as health things. And it just made me mindful of, of those who sort of are behind the scenes, who are unpaid in terms of caregiving. And, um, and this is in particular a shout out to my sister. She's the one of us siblings that still lives in my hometown. And so is, is there locally with, with my parents. And so the amount of time and energy and effort that she does on a regular basis. And it just makes me mindful of, of so many that, um, that give care that are not necessarily paid for it, but that are constantly, um, 
caring for those who are physically struggling and having health issues and stuff like that. So it just came, came to mind recently that she probably doesn't get a lot of praise or appreciation from, from us for the work that she does behind the scenes. So shout out to my sister, Janelle. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Bill, you're last. Uh, recently, I went on a trip to Glenwood Springs, uh, Colorado, and uh, went to a parish there that was uh, um, St. Sebastian Parish, or not St. Sebastian, St. Stephen Parish. First time I've been to a St. Stephen's church, so that was kind of interesting. But uh, the pastor there, or the yeah, I think he was actually the associate pastor there, gave a little homily. It was a great homily. And then at the end, he mentioned that... Uh, this is, you know, during the Respect Life Month, they're going to be praying outside of Planned Parenthood. And uh, and he actually made a comment, he goes, now I know that somehow this is controversial to some people in this parish, and so if this is a difficult message for you, I welcome you to come talk to me after Mass. But the truth is, the Church teaches that every single soul is, is valuable and that God is the author of life, and that uh, we don't have a right to end it, uh, and, and just had a little thing there. But I thought, you know, it's pretty courageous uh, he knew that there were people out there that weren't going to want to receive that, and he was able to say that. But then I also thought it was cool that he had the invitation of, if this is something that is challenging to you or that you struggle with, I'll be around and make myself available after Mass, and you can come talk to me. And, and uh, So I don't know. There was something about it that uh, I thought was uh, just courageous of him to be able to say and then also say, and I'll be around to talk to you more about this. Because um, I think sometimes if you know that a group that you're talking to, it might be a little bit of a difficult message. We tend to kind of stay away from it a little bit or to say, well, that group there might be. And he just stood up and said, this is what we're doing. Uh, this is what the church teaches. If you want to talk more about it, you're welcome to come talk to me. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is very courageous because, I mean, and hopefully some of those people who do struggle with it go and go yeah. and talk to them so they can learn some more too. So, all right, guys, topic four, let's grow. Let's grow. What have you recently read or watched that you would recommend to others? Luke, throwing it your way first. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Um, so, like, no, it doesn't. You're like, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little misdirection. I so recently, I I actually haven't read much um, from from Saint Faustina's diary, um, but there's been one passage that's that's really stuck out to me. And I was talking to one of the girls at the school who does a lot of crocheting um, up in Beloit. And it reminded me of a passage that I read or heard about from St. Faustina's diary. It's um, paragraph 961 in the diary. And in, in that diary, it talks about St. Faustina, how she's crocheting. Um, and in her crocheting, she's, she's in a, a state of prayer and dialogue with the Lord. And she comes to ask our Lord while she's crocheting that for every stitch that she stitches, um, that he'll... He'll save a soul. And at, and at first our Lord says, like my daughter, your request is too great. But St. Faustina uh, perseveres in her prayer and says, but, but Lord, like your mercy is so great that I know you can do this. And, and finally, uh, Jesus says, my daughter, I, I comply with your request. And so I guess what I, I really liked about that, that passage um, is it kind of helps give a little bit of um, I guess, substance to St. Paul's exhortation to us to pray without ceasing. Um, it's a way that even within the kind of the small tasks of life, whether we're crocheting or writing business letters or changing diapers, like each diaper can be an act of love. Um, and 
but then also just thinking about the intercession and, and how, how, how small of a request, like God is just desiring us to ask uh, to participate in, in his redemptive work. I think what a great activity too, when you can, you know, doing something like crocheting or, or mowing the yard or something, if you can do that while also in prayer, um, I mean, uh, that's a pretty incredible day, you know, yeah. that conversation that you can have with Jesus. Right. I and mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a beautiful habit to get in the, in the, get in the habit of like praying a morning offering each morning. And, you know, there's, there's kind of like, uh, kind of the more formal morning offering, which the prayer gives, but Sometimes I think it's nice when you're praying your morning offering just to say, just to tell the Lord like every, every to offer every breath you take that day or every beating of your heart and in a sense yeah your whole life can just become become an act of prayer when it's all offered to God. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Luke. Uh, Father Jarrett, what's something you've read or watched recently? Well, I am uh, waiting in anticipation for the third part of a series that uh, Dr. Peter Kreeft, Kreft, depending on how you pronounce it, I've heard a couple different pronunciations, but anyway, he's an author who's written a lot of Catholic books, and he has a series called Food for the Soul, which is actually a commentary on the liturgical uh, lectionary for the year, specifically Sundays and, and feast days, and so it's actually really, really good. He kind of just... So it has the actual readings, but then it has his page or so of commentary. And he kind of just, he is brilliant and has lots of good life application and examples and stuff. And he just kind of spews a, a ton of different stuff on the page about all these readings. And oftentimes I use it for, for sort of homily ideas a lot of times. Uh, and so he's got a series for each of the liturgical years, A, B, and C. So he has a... I'm I'm waiting for B to be released. I think he started with C, and then I'm using A, and then this year will be B. And it's food for the soul. Food for the soul, yeah, okay. by Dr. Peter Kreeft. You had Kreeft. me at you had me at food. <laughs> so, you know, I, so. Uh, Bill, what's something you've read or watched recently? So uh, I watched this about last year, I think, but I'm going to recommend something on Form.org, and it's uh, the Eternal Rest series, is what it's called, um, and it's a four part series. Uh, the first episode is just eternal rest, the story of death. The second one is the afterlife. The third one is the hour of death. And the last one is the faithfully departed. And this is kind of the time of the year where the church uh, thinks about death a little bit and and prays for those who have gone before and asks prayers for those who have gone before. And uh, and it's something we're all going to have to deal with. I know you talked about you know seeing... Uh, some of those things at the end of life, things with your parents, and, and I'm watching my parents get older, and I start thinking about things, and, and uh, I'm about ready to have my own midlife crisis as I start confronting the fact that there's, you know, the end for us is, is death, and I think uh, it's something that we all think about in some way, shape, or form, whether it's you lost somebody or you know that you'll eventually die, and uh, this series is just incredibly well done and kind of gives a really good understanding of what we understand with death and, and the church's teachings on it. Um, and, uh, and so I would recommend, uh, giving it a watch, uh, during this time period and, uh, and seeing what you see out of it. And I, I was thinking that this time of year is always one of my favorites because the church sort of shifts as even in, I mean, and this is unique to our particular, I guess, hemisphere as far as the seasons, the seasonal changes, but we see it outside in terms of the dying of the the dying of the trees and the leaves and the turning from green to brown in a lot of ways. And, and the church also 
moves to focusing on the saints and the and the souls in purgatory and you know with with all saints and all souls and uh, just so liturgically we're kind of shifting in that way too. So that's a good, yeah, absolutely a good one. Timely for this time of year. And Bill, you said this series is on form.org. Yep, it is. And, and I, I promise if you watch the promo, you'll watch the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, it's engaging and, and it's just good. I'm going to follow up with another form.org one. So Father Jared, I think you talked about it a little bit last time, but I love the search as well. Chris Stefanik's series that he did. And so the new one that you had mentioned briefly about um, kind of middle school and high school age kids, it's called The Search Begins. So um, says, invites middle school and high school students to consider the deepest questions of the human heart. Series considers death, sorrow, happiness, science, and faith. Features teen commentary as well. So I think there's seven episodes in it. Um, looking forward to getting getting through it and watching it, because I think that we can help use it in some of our classrooms, uh, not just at our Catholic schools, but maybe in religious ed programs, to see where it is. Now, Bill, quick question for you, though. We're plugging this form.org. Is it still free for parishioners? It is. Uh, the diocese actually just re-upped the uh, contract, and so for another year, if you're a you know, a member of any of our parishes, uh, you can get free access to it. All you have to do is go in there, put in your email address and the sign-up date, or in the sign-up thing, they will send you a link, and then you click on that, and then you have free access from that point on. And so uh, I don't know how long the diocese can afford to do that, hopefully for a long time, uh, but take advantage of that. There's so much good material uh, that is on there, and you're going to be consuming something. You might as well be consuming something good, and and, uh, and especially with the kids. Uh, I know you mentioned last month about uh, the St. Francis. I love watching the, the Brother, Brother Francis. Francis yeah. I love watching those even as an adult, uh, which... Uh, should tell you a little bit about my mental uh, age, but uh, but just stuff you can learn, and it's just you know either that or you're watching trash on TV. So yeah, and formed isn't just videos. There's some audio books on there as well. If you're you're driving in the car, audio books. Um, they also have uh, actual physical books you can read too. So so in case you want to do that, yeah, a lot of great stuff on form.org. If you have not checked it out, and I don't think if you've registered already, you're having an account. You don't have to do it again. Right. Right. No, okay. No. Ours just carries over. All right. Here we go. Next topic. Uh, oh, wait, we don't have one. So our <laughs> next topic is usually a question from the audience. So what we need everybody to do, if you listen to the last episode, we had Katie from the Dodge City Diocese chime in with a question about, you know, what are the high points with second graders? We need some other people to chime in. So if you head to our website, uh, there's like a little red button, like you're leaving a message and you can click and record an actual message from your device. And then we can play it here on the air. Right, Matea, did I say that right? Yeah. She's nodding her head, yeah. Show notes, and there will be a link in the show notes as well. We say show notes, and I don't even know what those are. So, <laughs> Matea, those are like the just the brief summary you put with it. Okay, the show notes are the brief summary that go right along beside it. So, uh, make sure you guys are doing that. So, head to the next one. All right, moving on to our mystery envelope question. It's Let me open up this envelope. <clears throat> and the question is, what was the make and model of your first car or truck, your first vehicle? Uh, so I'll, I'll go first. I, the first one that was sort of, I would, it's funny because we had sort of hand-me-down vehicles when we were in high school. And so ones that yeah, all that, of us That's, all that's of probably us pretty common, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So we had an old, oh man, I don't even know what, I don't even know what the model was, but it was a Buick and it, and it had a, it was this green Buick 
and I honestly don't know what it was, but it was a two door and the back seat, if you crawled in the back seat, you could see through the rusted floor to the <laughs> to the pavement going underneath. Like Fred Flintstone. Uh, yeah, to... you could have you could have put your foot down through there, and uh, it was it was pretty sweet. You, what uh, year you think it was? I want to say in the eighties, late late eighties, maybe mid eighties. Uh, I honestly, it might have been it might have been late seventies actually. Huh. But I don't remember. It was it was a beast. Makes me called think. It a beast. Good question. It wasn't like the Tiny Green Tim. Machine or something. I think we called it or Green Man. Beast or something. Too bad it wasn't black. If it was black, I would have called it something like Night Train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a while. Figured <laughs> <laughs> get that thing. I thought you were gonna say yeah, I just drove a locomotive to school every day. The railroad goes right by St. Andrews and Abilene. You just got dropped off on that. Yeah. So conductor. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Um, my first one was a 1983 Ford Ranger and, uh, I loved that truck. If I could find it, I would buy it back. I just loved it did that you, much. Did but... you sell it to father Peter? Was it the one with the flames on the side? Or... No, no, I wish. Uh, but, uh, it was actually my grandpa's and he died when I was an eighth grader. Uh, and so then I got it, which made it even more special to me. Uh, and it was beat up and it was rough and it was really, really old. But I love that thing. I waxed it, even though I don't think it had much paint on there, but I'd wax it. I'd wash it. I would, you know, try to do whatever I could to make it nicer. Took it on dates. I mean, it was it was the vehicle that I took and, and uh, drove it all the way through uh, college. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was called the Reindeer because I used to call it the Ranger and someone thought it was brown anyway. And someone thought I was calling it the Reindeer and then it just stuck. <laughs> and at first I was frustrated by the name and then finally it was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. And so that's a 1983 Ranger. The rain deer. The rain it, deer. Were the 83 Rangers like the other Rangers that were kind of smaller in size? It was definitely smaller, okay. uh, which was good for me. Um, it was stick shift, which I had to learn how to do that. Because you, uh, you, you used to be smaller? Well, I was much smaller at that point, <laughs> yeah. My vehicles have matched my uh, waistline growth, I guess. So we'll say <laughs> <laughs> the next is going to be a bus. I got to watch out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine was a 1995 Pontiac Grand Am uh, two-door. I bought it with my own money. My mom paid the insurance, but I washed dishes and cooked at Alloway's in Ellis. And I remember $175.42 was my monthly card payment. And I paid it every single month on my own with my own money, washing dishes and peeling potatoes and frying chicken. And I thought it was the sweetest car, but I'll never forget one time it was so dirty. I opened the doors and like, I bet you a thousand moths flew out of it. I think I left a window cracked. I don't know what time of the year is moth season, but like, like literally had no idea there were moths in the car. They were under like the mats. They were in the glove box everywhere. I couldn't like, it was disgusting ever since that. I was like, I got to get rid of this car. But yeah, I thought it was pretty cool at the time. I even had a, uh, going to Ellis, our colors are orange and black. And so I bought this, um, Nike license plate with a swoosh on it that was orange. I probably thought I was so cool. And looking back now, I'm such an idiot. Like, How bad would you want that car payment back, though? Oh, <laughs> heck yeah. I Yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. All right, Luke, what do you got? So my, my first, I didn't get my first car until I was finishing up my um, freshman year of college. So I lived... Uh, you ran from Hoxie to Atchison? <laughs> Man, no wonder you're such a good runner. <laughs> I, I hitched a ride with whoever's coming from Denver. Uh, it's like, yeah, some people passing through. Um, but no, like, uh, yeah, growing up in Hoxie, we lived a block away from the church. Uh, my dad's a teacher. He lived across the street from the school. We lived across the street from the school. So 
everything was, uh, yeah, there was, we did not, we did not drive, um, as kids much. Um, and so, yeah, I got my first car when I was a freshman in college and it was, it was a, my parents hand me down. Um, so my parents bought it. It's a 2000 Buick LeSabre, um, beige. Could you see the ground as you were driving like Father Jarrett's Buick? Or? Oh, you, you could not, but it had been wrecked twice. <laughs> so it had no, uh, it had a big hole in the bumper. Um, the, the hood was pretty beat up. The front quarter panel was, uh, very, very beat up. And so I drove that from 2013 and I just sold it about three months ago in August. Whoa. Nice. And I got a hundred dollars for it <laughs> from, from a salvage yard. And the guy paid me a hundred dollars for the tires. Oh, so man. I finished, I finished up with 220,000 miles on it and it was a 24 year old car. So man, that's I, amazing. That's awesome. What are you driving now? So I, uh, yeah, so I bought a 2016 Ford Focus and it's actually just really nice being able to get in my car and expect to get to my destination without car <laughs> trouble. So, uh, <laughs> that is what they're supposed yeah. to do. There's, there's far less anxiety when I turn the ignition. Uh, Bill, this was a good mystery envelope question. Yeah, like I, th- I had, I took so much pride in writing that monthly check for 175.42 and taking it to the credit union myself. Like, I was like, I'm doing this. My mom was like, oh, yeah, I'm paying your insurance, and you asked me for gas money last month. So don't – I was like, you're right, Mom. Thank you. But, yeah. That's cool. Cool. All right, guys. uh, Time to call all prayer warriors. It's time to rally the prayer warriors. Who is someone or what is something that you see that needs uh, prayers? Bill. So uh, I've, I've been taken back by some uh, readings that I've had recently about the souls in purgatory and needing to pray for them and how we forget sometimes. And so I've taken a habit of now every time I drive by the cemetery in Hayes, I look really hard to see if I can see a name or something on a tombstone. And then I try to say a prayer for that person just because who knows if that person has anybody praying for them or anything like that. And so I just think it's a good opportunity for us, you know, again, at this time of the year, uh, there's people who maybe don't have family that are remembering them and uh, to pray for. So uh, just something I've started taking up. I got to make a note to myself that if I go before you, I get a headstone you can see <laughs> like from the road with my arrow. name on it. Yeah, so that you <laughs> think about saying some prayers for me. So Father Luke, who's someone or what's something that... Uh, not yet. Sorry. I meant our next guest uh, is going to be Father Luke from St. Joseph's in Oakley. So we, I just talked to him and no, Luke, sorry. Okay. Um, I, so I kind of mentioned like Father Peter. I, 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 I love how he kind of exemplifies that spiritual fatherhood. And one way that um, I've been able to kind of taste that, uh, not as a priest yet, but as a seminarian, um, has been uh, teaching uh, religious ed to the fifth graders. And so each week, we, um, as a class, we try to pray for a different student each day. Um, and then each week, I, I, I make an intention for uh, one of the families in particular. So if, uh, yeah, if, if people would mind praying for the eight families who send their kids to the fifth grade religious education class at St. John's in Beloit, I would greatly appreciate it. That's awesome. And their teacher. And they're, oh, most especially their teacher. Yeah. 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 Right. And we might as well throw the pastor in there, too. <laughs> yeah. Father Jarrett, what is, who is someone or something that needs our prayers? Well, it's kind of been a little bit of a theme as we were talking about this 
this time of year thinking about those who have died and our own finality and the reality of praying um, as as priests. Oftentimes in our sacristy, we have a little book that has the priests that have served. Uh, usually it's the, dia- the, the local dioceses, so the different dioceses, Kansas City, Kansas. It's actually our region. Uh, and so it, it kind of draws us into reflecting upon and praying for those uh, deceased priests who have served um, in so many ways and so many capacities in our diocese and beyond our diocese. And so just keeping in them in mind as well to pray f- not only for our living priests, but also to pray for our, our priests um, who have died. So, Mine would be our students getting ready to go out uh, across the diocese and go door to door and do trick or treating or whether it's trunk or um, what do you call them? Trunk or treating, right? Yeah. At, you know, parishes that do that and just keep all those kids, uh, in your prayers as they go door to door and, um, hopefully have a joy filled time. And, and, you know, as a kid, I always thought that there was going to be razor blades and needles in my candy. So, you know, I just remember it going through all that when I got home, first thing we did, but whenever you got a bunch of kids out running around on the streets, uh, hopefully everybody can keep them in your prayers. Little did we know that that was just so that our dads could take the good candy out of our bags first. Yeah. And no one's ever had, I don't know. <laughs> Weird. That's why I never had a Snickers bar. My mom took it from me every yep. single time. Well, it's definitely the first thing I do when my kids walk in the house. I can tell you that right now. You just can't, you cannot be Oh, I'm sure safe. they're so mad when That's you're like, give me that caramel stick that nobody <laughs> likes. That's true. <laughs> Bill wants to take, what What was it called? The sugar, sugar daddy. daddy. Sugar daddy. Kids give, well, sugar daddies, there's razor blades in them. Bill needs it. So yeah, I'm going to bring you a box of those things. So, all right, as we come to a close, Father Jarrett, can you say a prayer for us? Yes, this is actually from the uh, the liturgical rites for uh, funerals. Uh, so let us pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merciful Lord, turn toward us and listen to our prayers. Open the gates of paradise to your servants and help us who remain to comfort one another with assurances of faith until we all meet in Christ and are with you and with our loved ones forever. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, once again, thank you so much for listening to Three Bald Guys. This was episode six of three, season three. We hope to have you join us next time. <laughs>